You're listening to episode eight of Brave and Boss, the podcast. On this week's episode, I'm talking all about simplification and systems. So if you're not quite ready to hire somebody yet, but you feel totally overwhelmed in your business with all the things to do, then this episode is just for you. So let's go. Welcome to Brave and Boss, a podcast for the purpose-driven founder who wants to grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host, Christy Sumer. I'm the CEO and founder of the Ethical Fashion Line Encircled, a conscious business coach and passionate about helping you break through your limits and build a brand that matters. Let's do this. Hello, and welcome back to episode eight of Brave and Boss, the podcast. I hope you're having a great month in your business. And if not, that's cool too. We're going to talk all about the ups and downs in entrepreneurship, which we always do on this episode. Um, so either way, however you come as you are, you're welcome to be here. And I'm happy that you've chosen to spend the next like 20 minutes with me on the podcast. So if we haven't met yet, hey, I'm Christy. I'm the founder of the sustainable fashion brand Encircled, the host of Brave and Boss, the podcast, as well as I'm a coach. Uh, I have my own clients as well as I coach in Marie Forleo's B-School program. So I get, I'm multi-passionate, let's just say. So, uh, and this podcast is really a passion project for me. I noticed as my business has scaled um, for my fashion line, I get a lot of requests for people to pick my brain or take me out to coffee to hear my story. And no matter how many like podcast interviews I do or press articles, I mean, I don't know. I just don't have time to sit down with people and I'd love to, but I have only so many hours in a day and I have priorities of my own personally and business wise. So I created this podcast to help you guys, um, while being most efficient with my time. So this is my one to many, uh, platform that I'm using to get out to all those e-commerce entrepreneurs out there who are, you know, wanting to scale their business and, really struggling because it's really hard and not very many people talk about that. So today's episode is all about simplifying and systematizing, which are like my favorite words in the world. Love those words. I actually don't even know systematizing is a real word, but we're going to operate that it is today. All right. So today's episode, I really wanted to talk about systems and simplification because a lot of people who listen to this podcast are at the stage where they are a solo founder, or maybe they have a co-founder. So there's just two of them in the business. Um, and they're not ready to really scale up yet and hire people, or potentially maybe you're scared to hire somebody because your cash flow is all over the place and your sales are up and down and you're just not sure how much you can pay somebody and all that good stuff. If you are in a stage where you want to hire people and you're feeling unsure about it, head on back to season two. I did a ton of episodes on who to hire and how to hire and all that kind of good stuff. Um, but today is really going to be focusing about, about how you can make the most of the time that you have right now. And when I talk about that, I think about a couple of things. Like one of it is using your time most efficiently. And the other thing is simplifying and being intentional with your time. And then the other aspect I would say is putting systems in place that help automate some functions or make steps that are required in your business the most efficient um, as possible. So let's get started there and talk a little bit about productivity. I hopped on Instagram stories um, last week and I talked a little bit about productivity and I'm always super curious when I 
talk to really successful entrepreneurs as to how they get it all done. Cause I just know growing a seven figure business and having a team of 15 people, that's a lot. And then I have brave and boss as well. And there's only so many hours in the day. And I know everybody says like Beyonce has the same amount of time in the day as you. That stuff is just bull crap because Beyonce has like a thousand assistants. She's also like a gazillionaire. Um, she probably doesn't cook her own meals. Let's be real. And she has a lot of help. So we, most of us are not Beyonce. Let's be real. We want to embrace that inner Beyonce. I get it. But I hate that phrase for the mere fact that it's just not it compares you to her. And I think a celebrity is just completely different echelon. They have so much help. It's not even funny. Um, so what you really want to focus on this time, if you don't have help, if you don't have the bandwidth to hire people is let's talk about using your time the most effectively. So a lot of us waste a lot of time. Now you may be hearing me saying that and feeling a little mad and that's okay. Um, but if you spend any significant amount of time scrolling on social media during a day or on the internet or watching Netflix, you are wasting a lot of time. You know, I think it's okay to do some of those things if you get a little bit of joy and you need a break and all that kind of stuff. And of course you want to have a life and go see your friends and go out for dinner and stuff like that. But during your work day, you should really be pretty disciplined. I try to stay off social media unless it's actually posting during the day. So if I'm posting a post on my own Instagram, I actually don't manage Encircled's Instagram anymore, but, um, or on my dog's Instagram or Raven Boss's Instagram, uh, which is largely automated. Um, and I do pop in to respond to comments, but I've had to really practice not going on there. And even I find doing Instagram stories, which I love by the way, doing, it takes a lot of time and it distracts me. So it takes you out of your zone. So you know when you're working on something and you feel like, wow, this is going really well and you feel super productive and then bing, it pops like an email or you see a notification on your cell phone. You know, that can take you pretty far out of what you were working on. And to get you back into that focused mode takes a lot more effort. So when I'm working on stuff, I like to block off my calendar, number one. So I use my calendar in two ways. So to book appointments, meetings, all that kind of stuff, um, reminders. So like any meetings with my team or any meetings with external partners, um, reminders like pick up my dog. That's something I often need to remind myself about. Um, or reminders like my, my, um, uh, cleaning ladies coming today or something like that. Um, and then also I use it for time blocking work time. So I'll put in like an hour to work on newsletter copy for the next three launches or something like that. So I use my calendar in a couple of different ways. And when I'm working in those blocks, I actually close my email completely. I put my Slack sometimes on meeting in a meeting so that I won't have distractions and I try and flip my phone around. It's okay if you can't put your phone on airplane mode, if you have, you know, kids or you need to be accessible, I get it. Um, but try not to look at your phone and it's actually really hard. So if you try and do that the next time you're working and just keep your phone on your desk and not look at it, it's like an automated reflex almost. We want to pick it up and look at it, even though nothing's even on there. Like there may not even be a notification, but we just want to check what's going on. So try to use your time most effectively, figure out what you need to work on for each day of the week and be really purposeful with that. So focus on 
three things that you can do today to make however much money you want to make. So Being Boss was a podcast I used to listen to a lot and they'd always say like, what can you do to make a hundred dollars today? And that's a great starting point. So if that's like meaningful to you, great. But maybe for some of us, it can be, what can you do to make a thousand dollars today? So what are those three things you need to work on in your business to create that revenue and prioritize those things? So if you're managing all the things, customer service, shipping, um, production, all this kind of stuff, put the revenue generating activities first. So if that's, if you write an email, that would generate some money. If you schedule a Facebook ad, that's going to be a money driver. If you email back those 10 customers and customer service who are waiting for fit advice, that could be a revenue driver. So try to purposefully prioritize what's going to drive money into your business. Now, this can feel kind of gross for people because nobody likes talking about money, especially when you're a mission-driven, purpose-driven business. A lot of people think that, you know, because we're a B Corp, we should be run like a, a charity, but that is not the case. We are a B Corp um, certified company is what Encircle My Brand is, and it is a certification. It is not a not-for-profit status. We have obligations to my investor as well as myself and my employees to drive a profitable business. So part of that is making money. And I wish people would kind of get over that because, you know, I think we run into it a lot. If you have a sustainable business that people think that we should charge cheap prices, but we're not the one who created the market where cheap prices need to exist. It's the fast fashion brands who've done some of that work by being um, really sketchy in their human rights practices and environmental practices. So I'm a big fan of making money. I like to make money because then I can do better things in the world and I can have a broader impact and so can you. So prioritize those three things that are going to make you money first in your day and do those in the morning. Don't go right into shipping. Don't go right into whatever it is, your email inbox, because that's going to like take you off on a totally different um, purpose. Just take out a piece of paper, maybe even do it the night before and write those three things you need to do. So that's a good starting point. And then using that time blocking um, productivity work in your schedule and limiting distractions, I think will help immensely with your efficiency for you. Now let's talk about some other things you can do to engage with automation in your business. So another thing I'm a big, big fan of is running your customer service through a help desk software. If you're not familiar with what a help desk software is, you've probably seen it before. Like if you've emailed, um, you know, if you work on Shopify or, um, on any of their apps and you've emailed for support, you probably got a response back and it says, blah, 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 we'll get back to you in 12, 24 hours. That is typically a help desk autoresponder. And basically what it does is it's a shared email inbox. So it takes, your email, whatever it is. So for our um, customer love at Encircled is what we call customer service. Um, it's contact at encircled.ca and it makes it a shared inbox. So it's not like five people logging in versus with that email address and that password, there's users. So users can like um, Jess, my assistant can go in there and check on things like, and everybody's like a user profile in the help desk. And what's cool about that is that it keeps it more organized. Um, number one, um, managing customer service from an email inbox is a disaster waiting to happen. Disaster. Just think of all the emails that are getting lost and oh my God, it, I can't even think about it. I know I used to do it, but it was very difficult. 
Um, even if you have a good system of like filing and all that kind of stuff, it's a lot. Help desks will help you because you can put, um, you essentially create tickets, which are um, essentially each email becomes a ticket. So it either requires follow-up or doesn't. Um, so you can close it right away. And then you can obviously like tag it. So you can tag it as a return or exchange or customer question or a fit issue or um, fabric suggestion or I, whatever it is. And it helps you keep it organized. And then you can also tag the status. So let's say you're taking care of customer returns. You can go in there and um, tag it as return pending. And then when it's received, return received and then return processed. Now, the really cool thing where I think help desks start to make sense is when you're adding more people, obviously, because then multiple people can log in from anywhere in the world and help out your customers. So that's great. But from an automation standpoint, a lot of help desk software have templates. And essentially what templates are, are pre-designed messages that you write and they have merge fields in them. So if you're familiar with mail merge from like Word doc days, basically it'll take customer's information and their order information and merge it into that doc. So let's say you're doing an exchange and you want to write back with like a personalized message that mentions the item and the order number. You can pre-create a template that's going to do that and all you have to do is like click like send template or use template and it'll plug all that information automatically in. And that's a huge time saver because just think about how often like a lot of us are writing those emails either from scratch or hopefully you're not doing that. Um, but if you, if you're not, oftentimes I see them stored in like various docs, Google docs, and they're copying and pasting. This is a big time saver because you don't have to switch windows. And that is in itself a big customer service efficiency standpoint. We use a tool called Gorgeous. I'm going to link to um, it in the show notes. You can learn more about it. I heard about it originally on a podcast almost two years, almost a year ago today. And the cool thing with Gorgeous is that um, Gorgeous has a lot of those automations built in and it can also kind of start to, it has a lot of AI in it, artificial intelligence. So it can start to sense like when um, there is a message that could potentially be certain things. So what I mean by that is it kind of knows when something's like a return. So you can kind of set up automation so that it will automatically respond. We don't use a lot of that. We tend to like review them anyways, but you can definitely like set up stuff like that. Um, it also has a live chat feature on it, which is really neat. Um, but the other cool feature about Gorgeous is it's an aggregator of comments. So it can take your messenger Instagram comments and Facebook comments and put them into um, basically one place. So again, if you're managing all the things, it's really annoying to have to log into Facebook and log into Instagram and log into Messenger. In Gorgeous, it creates tickets around them. So like I can click on our Instagram comments right now and see all of our Instagram comments and respond to them. Um, and you can also create um, responders to these as well. So you can take a macro that's already created. Macro is essentially what I was just talking about, a template. And you can say like the macro would be like, take the username like handle and then write like, thanks for sharing with like a smiley emoji. So you can do all these cool things that like will save you so much time. And I would say it's a, like a big time saver for us um, in terms of just being having visibility to customer service inquiries. And I will tell you that as you grow, this will become more and more. Like I'm sitting in here right now and we have 
um, 29 open tickets. It's three o'clock on a Saturday. We had somebody in here this morning and we've already got 29 tickets open. So that is a lot, but I know on a daily basis, I think they probably do about a hundred tickets or something like that. I'm, I'm just guessing. Um, so this is like a big efficiency tool. Um, I'm a huge fan of gorgeous. There's other ones we've used help scout before. That's another popular one. It's not as like, um, savvy, I would say with automations and stuff like that. Um, and then there's also Zendesk and there's a few others that can work, but this is a big one because it's an expensive software. I'm not going to lie, but if you can set it up properly and set up, um, all these macros and automations and stuff like that, it could save you oodles and oodles of time. And your time is super valuable. Even if you're valuing your time at, let's say like $50 an hour, which I think is way too low. Um, by the way, um, you know, if it saves you like five hours a month from just not having to like type and search and all these kind of things, that's like $250. And that might cover the cost of, you know, a monthly subscription. So I often see, um, particularly female founders get really freaked out about investing in like software and stuff like that. But I always try to look at either how much that software is going to make you or save you. So a great example is like our email software, Clavio, that we use it in Circled. It's not cheap and we have two accounts and it's charges in US dollars. So it's very expensive for us, but that email channel makes us a lot of money. So we, of course we're going to use it. Of course. Um, so you kind of have to change the way you look at things. Um, the last thing I'll say about Gorgeous is the feature, which I think is the coolest is the not having to leave the window. So gorgeous. You can actually see customer history in the window and you can do returns and exchanges in the window. So you can actually do refunds through gorgeous, um, without having to go into Shopify, which is pretty cool. So that's like, again, a big time saver. Um, you know, previously our team would have to have like eight windows open checking various things. Um, so that can be a big one for you. Okay. So the next one I want to talk about is shipping. So firstly, fundamentally, if you're solo in your business, you don't need to ship orders every day. I'm giving you full permission not to do that. However, you do have to tell customers you're not going to do that. So whatever your shipping policy is, it should be clearly outlaid on your website and it should state the turnaround time for your shipments. A lot of customers, thanks to Amazon, think things just ship out magically and immediately. Um, and that is not realistic if you're small and it's also not the best use of your time. Again, like we talked about, like that switching hats all the time takes a lot of work. So um, definitely... If you're just you and you're getting, um, you know, just a few orders a day or maybe 10, try and batch them, try and batch work them. Maybe you ship every other day or every three days or something like that. If you have an urgent order, obviously you need to ship it, but just that time to ship. And if you're not on, um, pickups or something like that to go to the post office or wherever to drop them off, it's a lot of work. So try and batch your shipping as much as possible, but definitely communicate that to your customer um, and use some tools. So there's some really neat tools in this space um, that help with shipping labels. So like Shippo, we personally use ShipStation at Encircled, and you can definitely batch print labels. So you can print labels and just all of a sudden just do a whole bunch of them and print them out and then put them on the packages. I'm a huge fan of just batch working in general. You'll see this theme throughout this podcast episode because again, it's like that concentrated effort that flows towards this one task during this one period of time. It's just so much more efficient. 
we did time ourselves at Encircled at one point. Um, Kendra, who is now my integrated marketing lead, she was head of customer love and she timed how long it took to ship a package from basically picking, packing, folding, wrapping, etc. Um, and it took about seven minutes and we're pretty efficient at our process. So I encourage you to time yourself and see how long it takes you on average. And then you can kind of budget that into your day as well. All right. So the next thing I want to talk about is more batch work. So batching your social media. Social media, like I mentioned, is a big distractor. It's super easy to go on there and do a post and then get lost in the feed of doom. You know, all of a sudden you're looking at the bird's papaya on Instagram, and then you're looking at her tag photos, and then you're seeing the brands that she works with, and then you're wondering how they got to work with them, and then you're on the brands page, and it could take you down like just such a dark path. Um, so definitely batch your social posts. I encourage you to use schedulers. So we use um, Later at Encircled. I use Planoly for Brave and Boss. They're both very similar, very similar cost base, I would say, and price and stuff like that. Um, but batch work, spend, you know, a couple hours again, using that time blocking technique. I talked about at the beginning where you just mark time in your schedule and curate your posts and schedule them for the week. You can always move stuff around, but the more you can kind of like do that focused effort, the less you have to switch in and switch out of that mode. Cause if you're creating a content calendar for Instagram, you're going to want to have it flow. And if you're coming back in to do it again and again, you're going to have to like relook at what posts you're doing before and after, et cetera, et cetera. It's just a lot of work. So the more you can pre-schedule and batch this, the better. I think it takes probably at least a couple hours to plan like a week of Instagram posts, assuming you have the content. Um, or a plan for the content. And then, um, maybe Facebook's like a little bit less if you're using Facebook about an hour or something like that, but pre-schedule and try to use those tools as much as possible. I just think it, it will help add efficiency into social media and keep you from falling into these like Facebook and Instagram scrolls unlimited, um, on your personal basis as well when you're checking those apps. All right. So the next uh, thing I'm going to recommend for systematizing is adding automations to your email flows. So I've talked about this a lot in various episodes. Last year, I talked a lot about email marketing and I'm still talking a lot about it. I'm actually working on a course right now on email marketing. It's like a masterclass. So it's not going to be like an eight week course or something, but it's going to be all it's basically, I'm going to be sharing my entire process for email marketing um, and how I've grown that channel to be a massive amount of revenue and growth engine for our business at Encircled. But the one thing that I, I talk about in the course and I'm very passionate about if you guys follow the podcast is automations. So if you are using MailChimp or Klaviyo or some of the other email softwares, they have these things called automations or sometimes called flows. And basically what they are is triggered sequences. So if your customer does X, it sends Y, that kind of thing. And you can really go crazy with these. Like there's a lot you can do with them. Obviously you want to set them up so that um, they don't annoy your customer, but you can put into place email flows that will trigger based on what product somebody bought or based on, you know, they just joined to your list. You can send them a sequence of emails or if they, um, 
you know, have subscribed to your list, but never bought that kind of stuff. Or maybe they've bought, but they haven't bought in a while. Like you can get really micro with these, especially if you're on a tool like Clavio, because Clavio can go down to like the skew levels. So I could go down to somebody who bought like a small dressy sweatpant and send them something specifically for them. Um, but just doing like a couple of like high level ones, I think will get you a lot of automation revenue it takes a while to build, but it's something I encourage you guys to work on. There's a couple of episodes if you go back into um, last season where I talk about email flows, um, or if you're interested, you can check out my course. It's probably launching in the next 30 days, um, and that will teach you how to do these, what they're all about, and the ideal process and types of content you can put into those. Cool. All right. So the other thing I'm going to suggest, and this is part of systemization, is creating processes. So whether or not you think you have processes, you do. And what I mean by that is that whatever you're doing to get, you know, X task done is a process. It's just a process that lives in your head. And what we want you to get to is to taking those processes out of your head and putting them into a system that makes sense. Because when you hire people, they have to take over these processes, ideally, and they're not going to know how to do them. And you writing, you know, sitting with them for five minutes when they start and, you know, shooting them out of your mouth for like 20 minutes is going to overwhelm them. So the best thing you can do is try to build time every week, even if it's just like 30 minutes, to spend time writing down processes. So what's a process? Well, how to ship a package, how to do a return, how to do an exchange, how you forecast for production, how you create a new product, all those things. I know it sounds redundant and boring and awful, but trust me, this will save you time and heartache later on and make training a new hire when you are ready to hire so much easier. My favorite way to create these now is in Asana, which is a project management tool. There's a couple of... um like system documentation tools that are online. Um, there's also, you could use like just a Google Doc or something like that or Trello. There's lots of ways to do this, but it will just save you so much time. And just like anything, you know, chip away at it over time and you'll get to having, you know, some processes. And I would start with the processes that are most um, non-revenue generating for you because those are the ones you want to pass off first, like the shipping and customer service. All right. So the last two things I want to talk about because we're running out of time for this episode is um, systemization. So there's a tool called Zapier. Zapier. I don't even know how you pronounce it. Um, and it's basically like a go-between. So this can take a post from, let's say, Instagram and pin it to your Pinterest board. Um, it can take um, a post from Instagram and tweet it out as an image. So it has like and it has like a million other functions, quite frankly. It can take like, if this email contains this, put it in a Google Doc. It's a really neat tool. So I encourage you, if you are not ready to hire or maybe you have one employee, look into a tool like Zapier because again, it another one is if this, then that. That's another tool. Um, some of them are free to a certain extent and they can create automations for you. So they can put reminders in Slack. So let's say, you know, you need a reminder every time the Canada Post guy is coming it can shoot out a reminder at 3 p.m. every day. Like there's just so many cool functions and features from that. So it can seem very overwhelming at first when you're working with these tools, but I've seen and heard of e-commerce bosses using these 
to really automate their business where you have two tools that don't necessarily speak to each other. So I think a great example would be like if for influencers. So let's say you want to um, get more influencers with your business and you create a contact form on your website for influencers. You could create a Zap from Zapier that will, um, once that form's filled out, it puts all their information into a Google sheet and then it like messages somebody on Slack to check it like that kind of stuff. So that's like really next level. Um, you have to spend a little bit of time on the upfront doing that, but I promise you it'll pay off in the end. The last thing I'm going to leave you with is if you really, really struggle with focus, because I know I've started to like question if I have ADHD or something like that, being an entrepreneur, because I'm always just like, there's so much stuff going on and it's like from so many different areas of the business. And I find myself really having to concentrate when I want to focus. Um, there's something called the Pomodoro technique. And basically what it is, is kind of like a short sprint, um, technique for doing productivity. So if you are one of those people who you kind of feel like, Oh my gosh, I can't like do this for an hour. Christy, I can't make Facebook ads for an hour. That's so boring. It's basically a 25 minute sprint separated by breaks. So essentially the way the process works is you decide on what you're going to do. So let's say you're going to spend the next 25 minutes, um, going through your Facebook ads and creating new ads for, you know, the new product you just launched. So you're going to set your timer on your iPhone to 25 minutes and then you're going to work and then you're going to, as soon as that's over, you're going to put a little check mark beside your task that you've written down. Um, and then you're going to take a break. So you're going to take like a five minute break. Maybe you walk around the office, maybe you get a tea or a coffee and then you come back and then you do it again. And then you do it again and then you do it again. And then after like four of those what we call Pomodoros, you take a longer break. So you take a 30 minute break and a 30 minute break is not like going on social media. (laughs) It's going on a walk around the block maybe, or having lunch and sit away from your desk. Like try to use that as an actual brain break, let's say. Um, so I find that technique really helpful as well. So those are all my tips. If you're not ready to hire yet and you want to simplify and systematize your e-commerce business, if you guys want to share your best tips for this with me, I'd love to hear them. Hit me up on Instagram at Brave and Boss and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Brave and Boss, the podcast. If you want to take your e-commerce brand to the next level, be sure to check out my website at christysumer.com, where you can find all the show notes, free resources, and blog posts and principles to help you grow your online store. You can also follow me at K-R-I-S-T-I-S-O-O-M-E-R on Instagram. Find your purpose, make it happen. I'll talk to you soon.